special These Fucking Teenager podcasts. Uh, I'm with, as always, I'm Ryan Shealy, but Matt Rather's not here. Um, and, and I'm really sad about that. You know, when I, whenever I'm, um, not on the podcast, um, Matt's, Matt's a real dick about it. Um, and, and insults me and, uh, and, 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 and says lots of terrible things about me, but I, I have, I have a secret for all of you that it's an act. Um, you know, as you know, Matt and I have known each other for a while. Um, and, and it's, it's, it's there for your, for your enjoyment. And so, uh, when, when Matt and I were, uh, talking this week about his inability to be on the show this week, um, I was very understanding because I understand that he has a personal and professional life. Um, and, and, uh, but then he says to me, he goes, Hey, you know, it'd be really funny if you do the show this week, you should talk shit on me. And, and I was like, no, you know, I owe our listeners honesty that I really miss Matt. Um, I'm really sad about not getting to talk to him about uh, Gossip Girl. We're on the Gossip Girl week. That's what, you know, got us to start this uh, podcast uh, to begin with. So I, I really um, miss him a lot. And I was really thinking about how I could ever um, replace him. And I, I said, well, I think the way to do this is, is a special guest. Um, uh, and, and to really go to the source of what why I do this podcast and, and why I watch Gossip Girl at all. Um, and it, we have a special anonymous uh, guest, <laughs> uh, Ms. Ms. Cognac. Uh, Ms. Cognac, welcome welcome to the show. Um, welcome to these fucking teenagers. Well, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Uh, I'm a very big Gossip Girl fan, as you know. And you're a huge fan of this podcast, too, right? You listen yes. all the time. All the time. Constantly. Yeah. In the shower. Yeah. On my way to work. Yeah. Really? Yeah. No. Great, great podcast. Great work that you're doing. Um, what's 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 your favorite episode of our podcast? I think the one in which you talk about Serena. Yeah, <laughs> that was a good one. The one that we talked about, Serena. Um, as you as you can tell, uh, this is actually this is actually Cognac's uh, very first uh, uh, <laughs> podcast. But like, like we said, she's um, been an avid. Um, Gossip Girl Watcher actually got me into the show, um, and so and, and had a lot of strong um, reactions to uh, to to this week's uh, episode, um, the Valentine's episode of Gossip Girl uh, on Twitter. And uh, and uh, as she is a is a newcomer to to Twitter and to the to the medium, um, reacted a lot uh, and uh, <laughs> under the hashtag, uh, I believe it was day old, day old Gossip Girl. Yeah, tweets. but we'll we'll return to that in a little bit. Um, but to to start things off, I mean, just as we've kind of had a um, a regime change here at, at TFT and, and even though it's <laughs> still the same TFT, um, and, and you have to excuse Cognac. She's, she's dying of either the consumption or the, um, or the Spanish influenza. No. So it's going to be there. It's going to be a, a moderately, uh, in, uh, experimental noise collective. But again, you know, I understand that things in life happen, um, that, that, that affect the sound quality of the podcast and you shouldn't be hard on somebody. You should accept them. And that, you know, know the podcast is is a thing that you create um and and so if someone has consumption or has the spanish influenza um you should let them cough directly into the microphone exactly I mean, that's that's what i'm saying i mean and and that's that's the kind of new tft that we have like yeah the sound quality i mean i might be going in and out because we're we're recording this in the meat space um the 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 real world so you know you might not even be able to hear us <laughs> at all um, like, Especially if I lean back. I'm going to lean purposely lean back when I actually am saying something that's relevant, but only um, lean forward yes. 
when when I'm having a consumptive fit. Yes. And when, you know, the tuberculosis uh, forces me to cough up blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, and little hard gobules of mucus. Yeah. Well, I mean, we don't know if it's – we we only use um, turn-of-the-century medicine, so we don't know if it's consumption or Spanish uh, influenza. (laughs) But both, as we learned on this this week's Downton Abbey, um, either could – produce blood. So as the blood is um, spraying all over my um, MacBook Pro, um, you know, that, that's what that's what you'll be getting right there. And so it yep. is it's a new it's it's so but at the same time, we're gonna be really nice to each other. So it's, it's gonna sound right. like shit. But that's what life life sounds like shit. Um, as long so, as we're nice to each other. It's okay. As long as we're nice yeah. to each other. I so agree. I'm glad you're here. Oh, thank you. I cherish you. I cherish you. Uh, all right. I cherish um, you. And and like I said, this is so because in, in the same way that this is a new regime for uh for TFT, um, you know, it it, it shows that there's a similar thing going on in the world of gossip girl, where yes. there's an institution persists, uh uh, which is namely the institution of gossip girl. Um, but the actual <laughs> there's been a change in alternation <laughs> in office. Yeah, get it out. Get it out. <laughs> get it out. Um and so and and I think that that's it's fascinating because that's been um, we talked about this a little bit in the last Gossip Girl episode we did because this was the reveal um, at the end of the uh, of the of the, oh, wedding, the wedding episode, episode exactly yes. um, and and the last two episodes have advanced that a little further and they've both a revealed that it's not the case as as we um, supposed that Georgina was Gossip Girl um, all along um, but rather Gossip Girl vacated after Blair's accident. Um, and and Georgina somehow um, stepped into the fill the power void. And I'm sure we'll lo- learn a little more about that. Um, but I think what's what's fascinating is that both a kind of especially in the immediate post wedding episode um, and this this most recent Valentine's episode, um, we see Georgina filling this role, and she's now become you know some something of like a B to C storyline in all of these um, episodes, and and we're seeing. I think it's, it's fascinating seeing her attempting to fill the role of of Gossip Girl. Um, is is I think both the the differences between her and what we perceive of the role of Gossip Girl, one of the original Gossip Girl, um, tells us something about the nature of both. Uh, I mean, um, Cognac, what's what do you think? Like, is is different? What are you seeing as kind of the the sea change? Um, that's that's in in the role of Gossip Girl. That's in in these uh, these these episodes. I think you know it's interesting to me, I, Georgina. The fact Georgina had to use spies in this episode mm. to me sort of indicates that she that, that the whole institution is kind of losing its legitimacy a little, or has mm. lost its legitimacy. Because, can you can you unpack that a little more? Well, that's what we do. I mean, I know as no, you, as you know, we unpack things a lot, and so could you just unpack that a little bit? Well, I think you know, I think the original Gossip Girl, the 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 Gossip Girl whose absence we, we don't know about that Gossip Girl. I mean, really, the whole enterprise relied on anonymous tips mm-hmm. and everyone willing to submit anonymous tips on behalf of everyone else. I don't know if the old Gossip Girl had to resort to spies, but it just it seems sort of desperate that to need to pay people to get this information yeah. unless gossip girl was that um i don't know i mean i guess it, it, we're not really seeing how the sausage is made because we're really seeing how georgina we're makes just seeing, the sausage yeah we're just seeing the georgina sausage i don't really it's <laughs> it's interesting to me whether or not the sausage was made in the same way prior to georgina's 
uh, rule, but but we do we did see a little peek inside the casing um, earlier this season, right? I mean, I, I think this season actually has been one of the more interesting Gossip Girl seasons um, because with the introduction uh, the um, introduction of Diana Payne, um, Elizabeth Hurley's character, um, you know, this whole idea of the war on Gossip Girl um, was really um, was really salient. And at some point early on that, someone hacked or obtained the list of um, everybody who had sent a tip to Gossip Girl. Right. And what, we, uh, and what you see there is it's just this massive database, right? And, yep. and, and the indication um, there is that that is really the exhaustive um, source of the information. The idea is that everybody was sending Everyone their, uh, submitted information. information. Um, and it's, it's fascinating um, – yeah, I, I think the well, like I, I just like what's interesting is that like in institutional theory, there's like a lot of questions. Like institutional theorists are now reasonably good at explaining how like institutions work, um, and and there's a lot of good theory um, that we've talked about on this show before about you know understanding and mapping out the complexity of institutions and how social and political and economic institutions interact with each other. But I think that theory is still a lot less good at both the evolution and change of, of institutions. And so like, there is this kind of this question about um, that there's this uh, – that you know, at some point there, there was this equilibrium where people were sending in. That people thought that even though Gossip Girl, yes, exposed scandals, it was – there was some kind of line of what was like appropriate and what, what could be done um, and how it worked – um, and largely, I mean, it's something that Matt and I've talked about a lot is that it plays this like th- there's a ver- variety of like public goods that um, that that Gossip Girl is providing. And actually, in the most recent episode, we actually talked about Gossip Girl is is playing a similar role to uh, the Douglas North law merchant. I was say, if you say law merchant, <laughs> See, you're, 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 you're you are you are at home, Jack. Like, um, um, well, like because you 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 have this whole documented history of like everyone's yeah. past, right? Yeah, exactly. Of their reputation. Yeah. So it's and I think Gossip Girl is somewhere between a state and a law merchant because I mean part of the idea um, and. <clears throat> And I, it's been a while since I've read the article, but that was a much more – the idea is that that is a enforcement mechanism um, in the absence of a strong third party. And so that it was a way of aggregating information because one of the challenges of um, enforcing contracts um, or, or rules or, or norms uh, in a large group and where not everybody's connected face-to-face um, is that um, – is that gathering the information about whether people are violating an agreement is is very costly, um, and so um, Gossip Girl is 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 very similar to that. But that but like what's interesting, it was different from the Law Merchant, is that the people that were part of these agreements, these commercial agreements, um, that were kind of able to basically it was it was essentially the Law Merchant was essentially a like large scale early modern Europe better business bureau um, right. with but with teeth and that if you were someone who it allowed like reputation um, and like kind of mutual sanctioning to operate over a larger scale and not just in like these regional networks so it allowed for a much larger expansion of, of trade mm. and so this you know in some ways Gossip Girl is a um, a, 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 a reflection I mean so I'm, I'm kind of speculating on where how Gossip Girl comes from and you know the the sense is that there were Gossip Girls before there was Gossip Girl, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that there were people 
one would wager in like this Upper East Side society um, who um, kept track, kept social track of of relationships between people and and disseminated this information. And that's different from the law merchant um, in that it's very it, there's a there's a gatekeeper role, right? So that it like the um, law merchant, it's kind of crowdsourced. It's many in, but then it's one out. Um, right. And so there is this um, editorial authority, but as you say, it has legitimacy probably because a it's kind of close to how things operated pre-internet, right? That there mm-hmm. were these gossip, you know, more decentralized gossip girls, and so that. The internet allowed there to be some kind of like consolidation into a gossip girl that played the same structural role. Um, and then what seems to have happened is that this kind of dual, this equilibrium was broken by both in part of the, the competition with the spectator, but then specifically um, Blair and Chuck's car accident. Um, totally, I mean, it's unclear whether that it's a little murky there. Um, like, there we lose the sausage. Um, but that, um, that, that, that it seems that for both gossip girls like vacated and people stopped sending in, but then got, so then Georgina, you know, presumes that there is some existing legitimacy of the name, um, of of the OSSIP office, which I think is true. Which I think is true. Well, it's because that she still has, you know, what it is, is that. No one unsubscribed from gossip girl. Everyone still gets these blasts automatically. Um, and there are people submitting. You just, I, I have yet to seen a portrayal of, you know, Georgina really relying on her anonymous tips. Well, the and only, she seems to be scrambling. Like, right. Well, part exactly. of like, I think, I think the writers think it's interesting to see her sort of suffer through her attempts to, like, her that they want to see her struggle with her machinations yeah, and her gossip girl. It's role hard out there. It's hard out there for, for a gossip, gossip girl. girl. Yeah. Or it's, it, Gossip girling ain't easy. No. Um, <laughs> and they, they sort of want to show that for some reason. <clears throat> and I do think, you know, I think there is a little bit of a rough patch now with Gossip Girl as far as there's been with the spectator battle. I think there was a real question of whether or not, whether or not, you know, the institution is legitimate and, you know, whether or not we, sh- you know, the whether or not people do want an honest, you know, I guess there was sort of a realization that they were all complicit in allowing these things to be mm-hmm, public mm-hmm. when they didn't necessarily have to be. Yeah, no, I think that's I think that that's right. So there is this kind of I mean, one way to read this is that there's this almost like constitutional crisis in this world, right? That like <laughs> like um, like oh, this was like a huge part of this entire social order, and this like leads to these like very undesirable things. Um, and I, I think that there's there, there's these it, it, the debate hasn't openly happened, but it's happened in a few pockets in the show of like you know because there's this like one alternative is Serena as the new gossip girl, but it's like it sounds like like the worst blog ever. It, like, it sounds yeah, it's weak. It's propaganda. It's propaganda, right? I think right, exactly. And they're they're sort of sold. I mean, and but that's what they're sort of. I mean, without explicitly saying it, that's what the kind of the debate was was. That, you know, why are we allowing this person to sort of play this actual, like, legitimized role mm-hmm. of gatekeeper, of infor- mm-hmm. you know, of, mm-hmm. of law mm-hmm. merchant, which right. is an, an enforcement type thing. Yeah. It's yeah. a reputation uh, institution. You know, why are we not just setting, why are we not just creating propaganda for our own brands? Right. right. Why are we not doing that? We seem so complicit in relinquishing so much control to the gossip girl 
in part because I think everyone felt it was a legitimate institution. Yeah, and I think that's, that's really telling because, I mean, another kind of story in this institutional theory about, in terms of, like, the structure of institutions um, is, you know, the other piece um, of, of this body that's, of which Douglas North is a part and Barry Weingast is a part, is this idea of, of checks and balances. And it really builds on, um, on, on the, uh, ideas that James Madison put forth um, in the Federalist Papers. Um, but it's also this idea, I mean, it's, it's articulated, re-articulated by um, uh, the political scientist Barry Weingast and also Douglas North, that like any state that can enforce property rights and, and contracts can also break them. And so the, the first question is, and so you know, as Madison frames it, you must first um, enable the government to, to, to govern, um, but then you must oblige it to, to control itself. Um, and so that, I, mean, I think part of what you're pointing out, interestingly, is that in some ways, a, a Serena blog could uh, achieve the first goal of, um, of, of kind of getting, using you know, of, of a, this kind of information as governance, as power um, mode of getting things out there. Um, but that because it's, it, 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 it lacks this feature of a built-in check and balance, mm. um, you know, that the anonymity of Gossip Girl was important um, right. because it was, it was pretty clear. Because, like, Gossip Girl was anonymous and pretty much impartial, right? That was like, was like Gossip Girl was this other branch. Um, or at least, or even if Gossip Girl was one of these people, it was like, it was operating in a way, it's like in the same way that like, you know, if, as a check and balance system, is that like, you know, you are not above the law. It's like similar to the, you know, the, 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 the British uh, monarchs after the Glorious Revolution, similar to, um, the the um, you know American Constitution that you know the people in power can be held accountable so that even if like it, it was the case like it didn't matter exactly who Gossip Girl was because Gossip Girl like called out everybody's bullshit right um, and right. and so the the Serena blog doesn't play that role um, and and thus like is not perceived as likely to be procedurally legitimate right and and this is the some work by the political scientist Margaret Levy. Um, kind of talks about this, how like people can read the setup of institutions and based on like the extent to which they actually look like they do what they should do in terms of having really credible checks and balances affects people's perceptions of legitimacy and compliance. And then I think that the Georgina Gossip Girl is facing the same problem in part because she's misreading what Gossip Girl is about. Now, I, think, I was about to say, I think I mean, maybe this is not what you're going to say, but well, I feel it's like okay because, I mean, look, this is a collaborative process and I, I value your opinion. And so, I mean, just take it whatever way you I want to, because I'm glad that this interchange is gener is generating. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for the interruption and I, I appreciate it so much. So, this, I mean, I, I'm thinking about this. I feel like there, there's a sort of misreading of Gossip Girl by both Serena and maybe Georgina, mm -hmm. which is that it comes from a place of animus mm -hmm. towards these people, right? And it's not really that. It is, like mm. you said, it's to, it is to check people. Because I think Serena's whole, the way she spun the need for her own blog is, why not get it directly from me? And <coughs> I'm going to have a kinder, gentler but like she's version not, she's of she's gossip. not trustworthy. But like she's that's not why I don't get exactly. She's not a trustworthy source, and she explicitly says she's not going to 
out people and call people on their shit, right? That, that's not the it's kind like, of thing I she'll do. I always loved Dan. Newsflash, I love Dan. <laughs> right, right. No, it's just a self-involved thing. But anyway, but let's her sort of... I think, it's like, her reading of what Gossip Girl does is, like, part of this misreading that Gossip Girl is this vindictive person out to get everyone. Um, and in these, in particular, these particular set of people, the, the gossip girl, like the central gossip girl people. Yeah. Um, and I think Georgina sees it that way, yeah, right? She's yeah. mainly motivated for some reason by, she's mainly motivated by stirring shit up in some ways. And I don't know, it's hard to tell whether it's vindictive, right? It, like she has these grudges or maybe she is just interested in, she's just interested in, well, she's like interested. she's kind of interested in the enforcement role too. Like, but is she? Or like, I mean, another interpretation is that she's kind of the. I mean, another kind of archetype that we talk about um, in we've talked about a little bit on this this show um, is this kind of you know what we've called the the Legerian Joker, right? The um, the idea of just wanting to use the institutions, um, and, and and maybe we haven't developed this in the in the, the case of, of Gossip Girl. Um, or of the Georgina Gossip Girl, but, like, you know, part of, one of the hallmarks of what was really compelling um, intellectually about the um, Heath Ledger uh, Joker was that he used the, many of the institutions of the state, of, of, of a modern state, against it. And it was, mm-hmm. it was this kind of autoimmune um, disease to create disorder. Right. Um, and it was almost a, then, at a certain point, I mean, I, and it's unclear what the Joker's endgame was. I mean, this is part of what was speculated throughout um, The Dark Knight. Is, you know, is, w- was there then a goal to create disorder for disorder's sake? Or was it there was, like, a disorder to create a new order, right? That, 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 <coughs> that is the, the, the Joker order. Um, so it seems that, like, Georgina just wants to, like, certainly, like, destroy the social order and use right. this to destroy the social order. And you, I mean, <coughs> it's unclear that she wants to... It's not that she really wants to install herself on the top, but it's that right. she almost sees the exact inverse, right? That, you know, I think you're right that they both, like, misread the, the Gossip Girl is a governance institution and is, is providing um, public goods. And I think, and then, you know, there's another... So I think that's exactly right. Um, there are a few other kind of fascinating things. I mean, right, so as you said, Georgina employs spies because no one's sending things in, um, especially about... And I think that it's interesting. I mean, part of the issue is that not only is it that nobody's sending things in, but there is kind of the, now this equilibrium where the people that, that most people want to know about, the kind of the core characters and kind of who are the power elite in this world... They're all in equilibrium where they're not sending things. They're not in. sending things. Other in. than other than Dan. Other right? than and, Dan. And so that's part of the and, and she she kind of seizes on that piece of it because she kind of knows what she has privileged information um, about Dan's private motives, which is that he wants to get with Blair, right? Right. And so that she she knows that if she didn't have that information, mm-hmm. um, she wouldn't have that to exploit. But it's something else that Matt and I've talked about a lot is that Gossip Girl is a show that thrives on these information asymmetries and on people strategically exploiting that. Right. Um, and so I think that, but at the same time, I think the other fascinating thing about this episode, um, <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's both fascinating, but also like really, um, really funny as well. And I think there's a lot, several moments where Georgina is, is, does this, is the voice of the audience and sort of says these very true things um, about, about the show. Um, and one of them 
is something like, oh, things were so much easier when we were all in the same place, when we were all in high school. <laughs> right. Right. Um, and, and <coughs> the, um, and, and, and which is, which is also funny <coughs> because it, I mean, to me, I read this and this is something that Matt and I've talked about. And I know you and I have talked about is that every episode has, there's a very strong formula to how gossip girl episodes are structured and they all kind of are structured in coming together in a place. That's true. Um, and and that's when the blast happened. Yeah, exactly. And, and they, typically, like, yeah. the blast, right, everyone's in the same place, and the blast happens, and it then becomes everyone's information asymmetries become exposed. Right, exactly. Um, and I think what's interesting uh, is that, and this says something about Georgina as well, and it's almost, she's almost, because, like, she's never really been in that w- like role right from season one, she only comes in in the second half of season one. She's been away, and then, and then essentially, I think that right, and I think that we do see this. That Georgina's always <coughs> been this kind of Joker figure because like she's yeah. she's been away, and and uh, for I forget what reason, like her parents put her in boarding school or something, and she comes back, right. and there's sort of a new order that has emerged. There's a, a like. You know, Serena still has the same status, but is playing a different role. Well, she, here. yeah, Georgina lost her status, right? Because right. she was friends with Serena when they they killed a man. When they <laughs> just kidding, J- JK, JK, yeah. JK. So when when they were murdering people with their coke snorting, um, <laughs> um, right? She she obviously had a stronger place in the social order, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But like then that's gone, and so she's always. So it's interesting when she reminisces about it being them all in the same place in high school. She's kind of talking about this first period of high school, like before the show, the Gossip right. Girl prequels. Right. Um, not the not the shitty uh, Lily in California in the late 80s, early 90s prequel, but like the actual immediate so prequel. Bad. Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> that was really uh, bad. I remember we tried well, – I think early, in the early days of this podcast – I think we talked about that, and it was just oh. like we couldn't. It was we. I think we just, it, you know, it was so bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It was. It was. There was not a lot there. Um, <laughs> so the 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 guy, you know, the the Georgina. Um, it was re- like what she's really like because. I think there's this interesting irony in her statement that actually they've never stopped all being in the same place. Um, and that every, every episode ends with a gala or a party right. or a thing or a wedding. Right. And there's, it's, it's fascinating. I mean, uh, we should like compile. I mean, there's so many like gossip girl data projects that I would like to do. <laughs> and I would love to like code like the, the nature of the event. Yeah. Um, like, is it a gala? Is it a wedding? Uh, Galas are a big one. Yeah, which makes sense. It makes sense. There's usually a party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're all like socially obligated to go. Yeah, yeah, but sometimes it's a school event. So I would love to like code all of them and who is there. And then like, I don't know if there's other kinds of variation. I mean, it's similar to Matt Belinke had this (coughs) crowdsourced um, law and order project where he uh, had overthinking it uh, readers. Whenever they watched a law and order code, like the season, the episode, um, maybe the type of case and then what the verdict was and, and looked at like, and found these fascinating patterns about conviction rates over time. <laughs> um, and so I, I, I've, I've long <coughs> really wanted to do a gossip girl uh, data project, um, as, as well in the same way that I've long wanted to clor- uh, uh, um, cure your, you of your consumption, but that's, that's, not, that's not what we're talking about. Um, and so like, I think that what, what's changed, right? So what I was saying is that, um, like this never stopped happening. Right. And so that, and I think that most people are 
like regular watchers of the show will, would see that irony in what Georgina is saying. Right, right. Um, and at the same time, like um, what's changed is that she is no, she's in on the outs in part because like I think she was on the outs due to her being out of that power, and then you know how she responded to she didn't get with the new order in season one, but like has consistently tried to to destroy it. Right. Um, and, right. and, and so, but she, she sort of says, oh, I wish, you know, what needs to happen is, um, you know, is, is getting everybody together. And so she then uses her, you know, her spies actually do serve as two way information flows, which is again, very different from gossip, gossip girl, girl I um, think, yeah. because that not only are they out there to report information on each of the, um, on, 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 uh, on, on like the main, on the principles but they're also trying to shape the they're trying principles. to shape things, right? Exactly. Right. So they, that they, they sucker Nate into throwing the party. Throwing this, yeah, this uh, high school themed party, um, and uh, and and. But I think, and, and then this leads to like another really salient um, difference is that you know Georgina is like moving around in the world, right? That she's mm-hmm. she's out there in the world and wants to both shape it, shape outcomes in the Georgina way and right. in the Gossip Girl way. Um, and I think that that like is like like the crux of like the latter third of this uh, episode um, that that kind of um, and and you know and then she so she goes she goes to the party and eventually by doing that does something that like never would have happened to Gossip Girl which is that you know gets gets found out um, you know that Dan now has leverage on her, her which is that that she's, I agree that would never happen to Gossip Girl right right Gossip Girl was not. Because yeah. Gaza Girl wasn't actively trying to... Right, we, we know nothing about... Right, well, it's exactly. I mean, it, it, it kind of highlights that. It just our, highlights our current again. theory of, like, what Gossip Girl is um, and, and what Georgina is. Um, I think, the, the, I mean, in some ways, that scene also um, led to the first of, of your flood of tweets, uh, which was that as either as Georgina is entering the party or as maybe Blair and Serena are, um, there, there's a come, you come back from commercial break and there's a close up on the hands uh, of a band and you say, oh, who's who's this band? <laughs> and they and we pan out and it's St. Vincent, right? And, yes. <laughs> and uh, go, you go ahead and read what uh, what you said. Oh well, I don't know. Other than uh, anyway, it, you anyway. said I'm going to read it then. If you, All right. Uh, we're, we're tweet. We're tweet reading. Oh, good. We're tweet I'm, reading. All right. It's you know Vin- St. Vincent on Gossip Girl. <laughs> Sorry. Excuse me. <laughs> Still. Ah, of- oh, I felt good. I felt, you know, there are so many times where I have to sneeze on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it's just it's just a beautiful. Isn't it joyful? No, oh, it's great. You know, in some ways, a sneeze is like an orgasm. It's this release. It's this natural thing, and that's part of just what this is. Uh, it's a punctuation mark. A semicolon. Exactly. So continue, But St. Vincent on Gossip Girl, still not as cool as Rufus and Lily's wedding band, Sonic fucking Youth. Which, I like. can we talk about Rufus and Lily we, in we the can, 90s? We can talk about whatever you want. That's what this podcast is. It's, it's, you, you have an impulse. Follow, follow the impulse. I mean, should we talk about, in general, the presence of bands on Gossip Girl? Or what role they play? I don't know, like, what role did St. Vincent really yes. play in this episode? Let's. Um, yeah, okay, let's, uh, yeah, I think let's, let's, let's focus on that, and I think that can, can get to the, the theme, right? Yes. So why have St. Vincent, other than the fact that they're an awesome, uh, an awesome Right, other than band. they're cool. So, or it's, and St. Vincent, for those who are not in the know, um, is the, is the moniker of, um, the band, uh, fronted by a musician named Annie Clark, 
um, who I believe trained at uh, Berkeley College of Music, um, plays plays guitar um, and crafts a lot of um, sort of. How to describe it? It's 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 in in a similar. It's often easiest to describe um, indie bands by kind of webs of association because there are these kinds of subcultures and uh, like micro scenes that like of both like relationships that have sonic characters to them. And I think that like two kind of links of association to Saint Vincent um in my mind are the Dirty Projectors mm. um and um and Tune Yards um both of which kind of combined ele- combine elements of like pop and pop slash punk like r- like music so kind of very immediate kind of primal aspects of pop um electronic music in the way that it allows to uh m- you know uh, m- manipulate rhythm and um voice um and then and then the compositional approach of kind of classical music or art music and i think that that is like the um it doesn't it does a disservice it's it's very kind of rocking cool um music and so the saint vincent is the party band in the lobby of the empire hotel which is you know when we um lived in new york um i i i gotta tell you we did not see saint like saint vincent was playing at, at the central park band shell um right. not not in the lobby of the empire hotel, hotel which we like lived a block from, from yeah. um and uh and 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 so so, but maybe maybe we weren't invited to the private Chuck Bass St. Vincent party. Yeah, I, I Charlie Trout. The Charlie Trout. <laughs> Charlie Trout. Charlie Trout. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. I think that I mean, we've talked. You and I have talked about this. And I think Matt and I have talked about it a little bit. I mean, the bumper music for this uh, this this podcast uh, is uh, Phoenix's 1901, um, mm. in in part because I think in the year. Uh, it was about two years ago now, 2000, or no, it was 2010? Phoenix was a good guest two, band. Yeah, two to three years ago. Uh, Phoenix, Phoenix was never on, um, but um, <coughs> they they definitely used, I, I, I made some wager early in the season, I was like, like how many uh, episodes till they play Phoenix? And it was like in that precise episode. I mean, it might have been a tweeted thing. Um, and so that, and, 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 and that's like a long, you know, it, in some ways that's a descendant also, if you're going to talk about pop bands on Gossip Girl, you have to also talk about the OC, I think. Right, which um, had a real tradition of mm-hmm. bringing in pop bands. And right. I, I really didn't watch the OC, but my understanding is they had a music club and they would bring people in. So it was a much bigger part of the plot line, whereas generally generally the bands are incidental. Of course, Sonic Youth was not. That was a big part of the plot line, sort of. In the sense of there was a lot of talk about getting Sonic Youth into town on time, mm-hmm. and they were stuck in traffic. And I, I think that what these what role these play. So this actually relates to an article that I was just reading um, by a a web writer and kind of jack of all trades named uh, uh, Venkat Rao, um, who's written. Um, he's kind of. He's the author of a book called Tempo, which is a, a producti- productivity book, um, and but is also the author of a project on um, what he's called the Gervais principle, and is like using combining kind of management theory and um, like organizational behavior theory with insights from like a close close reading of the uh, of the Office, hmm. um, and I'll, I'll we'll post a link in this in the show notes, but it's, it's actually a really um, Really cool stuff, and, and given that I think a lot about institutions and organizations, has like a, like shaped my thinking on that. Um, 
but the um, I, I recently uh, came across a, a, a newer article of his um, that is about sort of what he calls subcultural mining, um, and this I, and I think part of what's what's central to this um, I, uh, his argument is that it is talking about coded messages, socially coded messages, um, and he calls it these 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 impersonal secret handshakes that signal memberships uh, in, a, in, in a subculture. Um, and he uses several um, examples that, so that, that someone can kind of say something um, and, then, and then the other person can respond in a way um, it, that, uh, <coughs> that, 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 that like, signals acknowledgement and not responding in the right way um, you know, then like, stops the relationship from progressing. I mean, it's, it's, it's hilarious because one of the examples that he uses um, shows that we are at least part of a subculture with this guy. He says that if you know, someone um, uses the word discourse in a certain way, uh, it signals uh, membership in a subculture of people who like like to pretend as if they have read Derrida and, and postmodernist theory. And, um, and, and a, a appropriate response uh, to that secret handshake would be to, to, to say to work the word uh, always already um, into, into a sentence, which both of those we have used repeatedly uh, on, this, on this podcast. Um, and so I think that um, you know, and, and so his article goes on to talk about the, the possibility that, like, the computational power that and access to um, social data that a lot of companies like Google, Facebook, and um, uh, Twitter um, have um, has the potential to uh, make it possible for companies and other other you know companies and and political actors, political entrepreneurs. To um to to really access this type of to to do the, both do these kinds of secret handshakes shakes in more effective ways, but also to create them before they even happen. Um and to kind of um and and I think that I mean it's unclear whether that's the case, but he he does talk about that just being able to make credible references is something that it, it's it, that's kind of a one version of what he predicts will happen as kind of computational technology and strategy kind of catches up um, with, with, uh, with what's there data-wise. Um, and so, but I think that Gossip Girl is, and the use of music in Gossip Girl, along with just all of the use of references to all of New York, and, and this is something that Matt and I've talked about um, a lot, is being... It's all a secret handshake. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, totally. And, and, and I mean, that's, I mean, I, I feel like that's one of the things that's kept us around. I, mean, I agree. I mean, I, mean, I mean, not the only thing, but like, because... There's there's a lot um, of other kinds of various scandalous uh, things um, that, uh, that 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 we, we react to in this more strictly kind of um, what a soap opera kind yeah, of way. Yeah. And we'll talk about that in a little bit when we go through some more of your uh, your, your tweets. My tweets. <laughs> uh, but um, I, I think that that certainly like there are other shows that we've abandoned because they don't have that secret handshake. And no, they, they and, don't. Cause like they in don't. addition to earning trust, they also just provide a certain kind of, um, satisfaction and a certain kind of utility that in part stems from like, I get it. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm in the, uh, I'm in the know. Um, and it's, it's, it's like a word. It's weird that, um, for me, like 
I, I'm sure there is like a there are English uh, English words for this, but actually for me the word that like sums it up really well is this Swahili word um, that someone like called me on um, <coughs> in, in Kenya. That's uh, juaje, which means like it's like a knower, and and it's like mm. oh you're you oh it's like it's, it's similar to know it all, but know it's it like all. in a way that's pretending to a kind of authority. Um, and I think that there is this very juaje kind of um, the uh, 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 satisfaction that comes from you know, like, hey, that's St. Vincent. Hey, that's Certainly. that's Sonic fucking youth. That's Sonic youth, especially the Sonic youth episode. I um, I think I I reacted very strongly to that episode only because Sonic youth was in it and they played a song. They played like an old song. Yeah, yeah. They played yeah. a very old song of theirs. Yeah, so it's like a very. I mean, that's really. Yeah. So I mean, like, I don't. I don't know how much more secret that was about like the, the height of secret that, handshake. That's like the secret handshake Shake where you kind of rub your middle finger yeah, in exact, the palm. Exactly. We just did that. Too. We just did that. Right. Let's just do that for a second. Sexy handshake. Yeah, let's just do that. Uh, that's, that's a good. That's a good handshake. I mean, yeah. You're doing what? That sounds like off of evil. I mean, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, it's pre Daydream Nation, man. That's I mean, that is before they sold out. That is deep. And yeah. and it was all like made, and it was interesting. Secret handshake because it was actually part of its purpose was also to sort of solidify the Rufus as '90s indie god, which we know is not true yeah. given the songs we've heard of his band, which are very Jim Blossomsy uh, and not very. Every cool. time you run away, you take a, a little, little piece, piece of me. <laughs> I almost I that's almost, not a man who toured with Nine Inch Nails. I almost, I'm sorry. I, I almost sang uh, "You All, Everybody," but that's that's the other fake. That's uh, the, the other, other fake <laughs> from from Lost. From Lost, um, the, right? The drive shaft. Um, yeah, so I think that that's like a really right. So that you know that I think that's <clears throat> I think that's it's really interesting. And in the world, so there's this kind of relationship between what this produces for us. So, you know, we were talking before about uh, legitimacy, and I think that part of what these kinds of references and the musical guests provide uh, to us, the watchers, is, is legitimacy. legitimacy. And if, like, the if these references stopped um, being on point, um, I think... I, I think, think it we, would immediately be, be done. Yeah, that'd as, be, yeah. Because as, as, a, as, a, as real, like, as far as, like, the real narratives in Gossip Girl, it's not great, obviously. I mean, I don't think it's any shock to anyone who likes Gossip Girl that it's... I mean, it's... Oh, yeah, that's been... I mean, that was one of the our first theses about it's Gossip contrived. Girl. It's It's very strong at the micro level. At the, at level the micro of, level. Not even of the level of the scene. At the level of, like, the utterance. The utterance, <laughs> right. Um, and right. then as you scale up, I mean, it's... it's it, it gets it, very weak. <laughs> there's, like, there's some okay meso level. Like, at the level of the episode, it's 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 actually reasonably strong. Because, <laughs> like... So, at the, at the level of the scene, it's not great because, um, like... You know, Blake Lively's still not like a wonderful actress, and there's She's like terrible. all these like you know we we get treated to like the like every five weeks a conversation between like Serena and Blair that's like oh oh you were uh, trying to steal my thunder you no know, you're stealing my you're thunder, stealing my oh, thunder. Oh, oh why don't you just you don't want me to be happy why can't they just both acknowledge that they're self involved. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that, that would fly like a kind of a yeah. self awareness. Yeah. I think Blair might possess, but not Serena. Well, but it's it's like it, <laughs> I think that you know even reflexive individuals do not necessarily add up to a collective reflexivity. Yeah, right? that that um and 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 how you kind of engender a group that is mutually self aware. 
um, of this is what we are, this is what we do, is is a is is well, it's it's, it's out of scope um, uh, here. But it's certainly like not something that happens, right? And and so there, no. even the, as there is some levels of individual self awareness, there's certainly kind of collective and social lack of self um, awareness. Um, but yeah, so but I think at the level of the episode, and this goes back to what we were talking to earlier. I think Gossip Girl is very strong at the level of the utterance and the episode, um, and weaker at the other. Uh, levels because I think that there is like the structure is great and we we should we should we should really map out um, the 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 gossip girl structure because I think we we've intuited it um, but really <coughs> and again this gets back to the data project but I, it, with a different aim from just understanding the the how it comes together but really understand what the pieces are like how many how many beats there are um, like how many plot lines. Right. Um, that that and and the structure um, that it's it's usually like two character dyads. Um, right. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, or a, 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 a dyad of characters, and there might be three or four of them in a given episode um, that converge. Um, and, and so it'd be interesting to also, in addition to mapping out just the structure of the the conclusion, also mapping out. Whether there is variation, like whether are there are types of gossip girl episodes, I think there are, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and 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 that they're defined by both probably who the um, the people are in the dyad um, and what the conflict is, um, and 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 I think mapping out those um, structures would be a just interesting because I think it would like allow us to make some really to get at some of these in a, in a kind of data driven way. Um, in a graphical way, some of the the patterns that we've been seeing qualitatively, um, and then it also would help us with this other kind of project that we've had on our uh, back burner, which is um, because that gospel Girl shows are this structured. We've long wanted to um, to create a gossip girl improv show, a long form gossip girl <laughs> about a uh, show about a uh, gossip girl, and I think it, it could do that in part because you know, long, other than really kind of free form long form improv. I mean, I think something that, that, you know, non, I mean, we're, and I, I, I won't pretend to be a practitioner, um, in the way that like Fenzel, uh, of, of overthinking it is, but we're, we're, uh, improv students and I, and right now we're learning the long form, um, form the Herald. And, and what you learn is that even though, you know, the Herald looks as if, you know, like total chaos, if you don't know what's going on at all, and that people get one suggestion and then just do a bunch of shit for 25 minutes, what you learn is that it's very structured. Structured. And there is a structure of scenes and bringing people together, scenes bringing people together, um, that are, you know, the bringing together are called group games. Um, And so I think that, you know, uh, so I'm very interested to, maybe this will be something that we put on our our docket, on our our to-do list, is is trying to discern... um, what a gossip girl is as as a as a as a episodic structure because um, I think there's something very compelling about that. Um, it, it's it's very it's comforting because like every every gossip girl um, episode goes that way. Or it, I'd be hard pressed to find um, some that don't. I mean, and I think the ones that don't are jarring. Uh, right. are, are for that reason, um, or are, are are remarkable. Like actually, now that I'm thinking about, it, I'm not sure that the post-wedding episode, the first of the two that we're kind of discussing right now, I don't think there is a big thing, right? It kind of, like, it, it, I guess you, you almost <coughs> view that as one long, like a mega uh, two-hour-long episode um, with, like, the big kind of group game in the well, middle. 
Um, well, because like they, it, it, that episode ends up. I mean, I feel like is it, it that everything is quietly, quietly resolved? Which he there's the prenup. Comment. Yeah, but that but that doesn't really happen in a big public. It's like no, a micro, it's not like, public. Yeah, at all, um, really. and and then she kind of eventually comes back to uh, her mom's apartment. I, I don't remember there being a big. Um, a big public brouhaha where this stuff gets revealed and then no. works itself out. No, you're right. I, I could be wrong. I mean, there are like these micro publics of. No, actually, she's fairly successful in sort of. Gossip Girl cannot blow up her spot about where uh, Blair is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Blair is pretty successful in keeping that a secret. Well, yeah, it's. Or she has a lot more control over or, it. Or it's that Gossip Girl does it. That's what it is, is that Gossip Girl. And then this is like the other thing that. Georgina Gossip Girl is doing is engaging in in these bilateral communications, and we've talked about this in that in that she has the it's a little different, right? So one difference is that we pointed out is um, that that she has these bi-directional like network of people that that she she interacts with and that she tells them to do things and puts information out, but then she also has a less dense set of bi-directional interactions um, with various individuals she's te- you know and uh she's texting nate um because right. like, we do know i mean one thing we do know is that the gossip girl that told nate about um about trip is the georgina gossip is georgina girl. um and 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 so these kinds of things of of gossip girl um having emails with people etc is a is a new part of the new of new gossip girl and i, I if i remember correctly it is gossip girl that sent that message directly to the Grimaldis rather than blasting that where Blair was. Um, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken in that episode, right? Right. Like, Cause oh. I think she did find out is that Georgina got the information from like, she like, Oh, what, what it is, it, is that she followed them, right? She, she, she tailed is that she kind of did this interesting setup where she locks, uh, um, Dorota up in, in Blair's closet um and um i think uh and 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 does what uh and then like basically sets a trap where um serena and chuck like like step in and and go to blair and then uh georgina is able to follow them find right. out where they are. they are but then i'm pretty sure just gives that information directly to the grimaldis right um and then again and then the third difference that we were just uh focusing on is um is 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 that that we have a gossip girl in the world right um and then that's what we're talking about right right uh, and then that kind of led to the the um you know the the discussion of 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 saint vincent and and i think that just to put a you know a a button on that it 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 kind of shows that you know that there is there are these various things that have convening <coughs> power and and right so like this this kind of having a rock band there that kind of gives it this cool thing um, it, it's one of the several things that like constitute a legitimate group game in, in this world. Um, and I think that what we'll see is we'll see these, these three aspects of the new gossip world continue to play out over up till the end of the season, which will almost certainly result in like the, like the, the, the return of, uh, the, of the original, of the original yeah. gossip girl. Yeah, yeah. And I think it'll happen in a way that is confusing because it's not like Georgina will interact with the new gossip mm-hmm. girl, mm-hmm. but it will be clear that the new gossip girl is back. Like in other, some... Yeah, exactly. So, there'll be a, there'll be a battle, like the, the great battle of gossip girl. Though I had forgotten that, um, part of the deal, like I forgot, I had forgotten this plot point probably cause 
Gossip Girl is a little bit like Lost, um, in which it's sort of has so many plot points that I don't think anyone's yeah. keeping a Bible for. No, I mean that time when <laughs> Chuck like turned the frozen donkey wheel at the bottom of, <laughs> uh, 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 in the basement of the Empire Hotel in the island of Manhattan moved. <laughs> it, it probably wouldn't move for them. In like nineteenth nineteenth centuries, like they were in gangs of New York. York. That was my favorite. Like the, the time when like Gossip Girl had to like interact with gangs of New York, York, and like you see this like photo of like Chuck Bass hanging out with Daniel Day Lewis. That's my favorite. Yes, uh, Gossip Girl favorite. Girl. Of a girl. What you're saying? But yes, but um, I have forgotten this plot point where like the it got delegitimized because they put up the email of everyone who had emailed, mm, right? Mm. That became public. But then right. again, that still shouldn't undermine the legitimacy of the institution. It just sort of made people. I, what has? But I mean, but it, 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 cut, it cut off the supply. Why? And yeah. there, there were fewer um, opportunities to really show. And, like, so you might have some people who started, like, the people who had the lowest stakes started coming back in, right? You get low-level shit of the, like, ubiquitous, I mean, this is, like, a trope in, in the Gospel world of, like, the, like, random girl in a headband seeing something and taking a picture. Picture, right. And, and, and I think that that's the level of, of what you get, which is not the, which is not valuable, because that's just, like, aggregating public information. That's and, aggregating public information. And, and, and what's, what Gossip World is unique is that it aggregates a combination of public and private, private information, information. And kind of turns them into a right. distinctive type of uh, public information. Right, so, and the public um, information is only useful if you have private information, and then the public information can sort of corroborate or help kind of set up a story well, and, or and, a narrative. And, and, well, exactly, it recreates the public. It's like constantly yeah. creating and recreating the um, public sphere, right? So it's that, in that way, Gossip Girl is this, like, living constitution. Um, and <coughs> it's a constitution that keeps um, enforcing uh, itself, um, which is, is also a Barry Weingast kind of uh, um, idea of, about self-enforcing constitutions. Mm. Um, so, but I think let's, let's put a pin in that, because I think that, yeah. I think we we have that kind of set up, and I think our, our, our we'll, 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 we're in a position to see how robust this model is going forward um, uh, through the next through the end of the season. And I think the the other thing that right now is has been set up, but I think will converge with this imminently is um, is is the the we, we have a, we have a two Charlie problem. Right, <laughs> we have the two Charlie problem. Have, there's 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 more Charlie in Gossip Girl than than there was in Vietnam now. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and, and this is that, you know, this is something that we talked about a little bit, um, also in, in our last episode is that something was, that was bubbling up is that the, the, we, we now have the real, uh, the real Charlie Rhodes is the cater waiter Lola. Um, and in this episode at the party, um, well, first we, we get this mysterious reemergence of, um, Ivy, of, uh, Ivy. Of, of, of Chivy, of Chivy. Um, and yeah, I think at some point we, we have an episode, an earlier episode from earlier this season called uh, Chivy league, um, <laughs> which was, uh, really definitely one of our high points. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so we, we have Chivy back in this kind of ominous way, right? That there, there's obviously, you know, talking about people with private motives. It's not like, you know, <laughs> Ivy shows up just to be like, oh, hey, just, just in town. I really need to talk to I'm, Lily. I need to talk. I need to talk to Lily. It's really important. important. Rufus. Rufus, <laughs> don't try to make me some fucking waffles. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think that like, um, and, and, and I think that we, what we get 
Um, I mean, there's two things that come of this. One, and I, and again, it's uh, uh, would you like me? I'm going to dramatically read your tweets uh, for both of these, uh, but just because, like, I, I feel like you'll 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 you'll, you'll downplay how awesome they are. Um, so the first one is uh, Charlotte Rhodes meets Charlie Rhodes. Ah! I really just screamed. Ah! Um, and, and <laughs> very dramatic. Ah! ah! Well, we made that. Noise. I really, yeah, we really did scream. Um, and I then, screamed a lot. And then we did it again because the other thing is what we learned that uh, Charlie Rhodes, Ch- uh, that Chivy really needed, really, really needed to to talk to uh, Lily about is that Cece is dying. Um, and not only is that Cece is dying, um, but that Cece, this is where. Charlie has been. Cece is convinced a that this is the real Charlie, and then b this Charlie has been caring for her, um, which only means one thing: is that she's getting all up in that will. And and you say yes. You say Cece Rhodes is dying, and fake ass Charlie Rhodes is trying to inherit her money. I love inheritance plot lines. I, I mean, what else is happening other yeah. than that? What so, else so could me, be so, happening? So so so. Then so, again, though, why does she want to talk to Lily? Right. I, mean, I think it's part of the – but Chivy does this. I mean, she sort of is, on the one hand, very eager to manipulate. And on the other hand, oh, I feel so bad about it. But, and I think that's what makes it good dramatically because it's one of these things where she will talk to Lily and it will first seem like um, – Out of – like uh, there's some uh, concern. Yeah, but then then there's like this long con that's going on. Um, just much like in the – and, and we'll, we'll circle there just a li- in a little bit – uh, much like in the long con in the recent Downton Abbey, where Lavinia dies, boom. Um, and but they they kind of try to bait and switch uh, because uh, you know there's Spanish flu. Uh, both <coughs> the uh, um, both Cora, Cora, and and Lavinia, Lavinia come down. And I sort of as people are starting falling of Spanish flu, I'm like Lavinia's gonna die. And then they are like, no, no, Cora's puking up blood. Lavinia dies. Anyhow. Uh, that that you're gonna you're gonna have that kind of a reversal, I think, with whatever it is that uh, Chivy's doing. Of oh, course. So, sort of tell me. I mean, so part of why we're kind of fusing in um, Downton Abbey is that Downton Abbey um, is about a lot of things, but at the core, I mean, one of the things that it is, is about is about inheritance. Su- yeah, and about succession in an ar- aristocratic society. Um, right. And in particularly one that is that is facing these major constitutive challenges, and I think that that's I think the other thing that you're that that, that we're seeing in in um, season two of Downton Abbey is um, that with the, with World War One there is this you know extreme rupture that is really testing uh, this, and and you know, I, we're, we're not going to go too deep um, into. Um, Downton Abbey, just because there really aren't teenagers there, other than the fact that they're all teenagers because they're living in the nineteen teens. Like that is <laughs> that is the only way. I mean, they're they're definitely fucking. Uh, I don't well, know. Actually, not a fucking. Wait, kissing. There's like these fucking nineteen wait, teenagers. I don't know anything about teenagers. Um, but I mean, would teenager even be such a salient idea to them? That is. It's funny you ask that. Right. Um, I know they're in their twenties, but I mean, like, teenager is such a sort of social idea, well, and I don't know if yes. it even has any. Just like oh, the way Maggie just, Smith yeah. was talking about, she doesn't know what a weekend is. I mean. There are certain concepts that are just not salient for those Downton Abbey well, people. Well, and, and, and exactly because they are also. And this is something. Um, this is this is this is a, a story that Matt, uh, the, the <coughs> idea that Matt articulates wonderfully again and again, and I'm grateful for the many times in which he he tells it. Uh, is the idea that both teenagers and 
uh, I don't think he's talking about weekends in this way, but weekends as well are these um, products of the Industrial Revolution mm-hmm. um, because they're all they're all things that become necessary uh, when people are spending their time in different ways, and as you have different configurations of of labor um, and and society um, that you know, that, that were not as necessary when you had an agrarian society where everyone was living, um, on the farm. Um, and so, and, and it's precisely the case that, um, that Downton Abbey is really just right in the middle of those, uh, those changes because, you know, they have a form of, of power and wealth that is very much predicated on an old (laughs) agrarian, um, and feudal system. And then the the society around them and the the community around them is, is largely, um, is 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 what is 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 largely agrarian as well. It's a village, right? Um, right. And there, right. you still have a lot of a, a lot of farmers. Um, and you have you know either you know as you know in the way that Biggie said, you know, either you sling crack rock or you have a wicked uh, jump shot. Um, that you know you either like you know work on your on your dad's farm or you go and you like serve in Downton Abbey, right? Like like those are the things that you do. Um, if you live in this part, a specific part or of Yorkshire. Or you move to an urban, right, or you move into an yeah, urban right. so this is the, setting. The, like the woman. you got to go to London the or wo- somewhere. The woman from season one who becomes the, um, uh, a, a, the, the secretary, right? The secretary, right. The housemaid. Um, right. You yeah. Um, and so I think that there's a lot of interesting things, right? And so th- that's why I think it's this is the salient time to, to connect it to Gossip Girl, because Matt and I have talked a lot about also Gossip Girl is fundamentally the social order is also an aristocratic social it's order. It's an aristocratic social but order, this, yeah. But it's this kind of constructed and postmodern aristocracy um, because it's an aristocracy, it's a de facto aristocracy in area where there, in, in America in which there's no de jure aristocracy. And, 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 um, and so I think it's great, though, because we haven't really seen, I mean, I guess there's been some... There was some minor inheritance plot lines in Gossip Girl when Bart Bass died. But, right. But this is a very different kind of thing. This is because, very different. Especially because, you know, Matt and I have talked a little bit about how Gossip Girl is very um, matriarchal and, like, um, matrilineal. The women actually play a lot of – a very strong role in the, in the yes, social order do. in Gossip Girl. And that um, – and, 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 and that uh, well, there's actually – Particularly because they're the ones with the real titles. Exactly, um, and the titles actually are sort of passing through them. Yeah, though even being way. Queen Bee, you mean, or like yeah, uh, yeah, uh, exactly. Well, and even I mean, Lily Rhodes. Um, I mean, Lily. I, I mean, at first, I mean, at least at this point, you know, she's the one with the title and the money, and well, yeah, and being a which Rose, she sort right? of inherited yeah. through different marriages. Like strategic marriages, with, yeah, 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 you yeah. know, with Chuck's dad. But right, um, but it, it, and that is it, that is fascinating <coughs> because it's like she, right? She's accumulated all of this this different um, prestige, and even though she goes by various like you know Bass, <coughs> Woodson, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, both she and this, uh, you know, there's like a theme throughout. Another theme throughout this season of of, of Gossip Girl is like it kind of came from when Chivy said like I'm a Rhodes now, and there's nothing you can do. Right, so that it's fascinating that even though like women give up their names when they marry in, obviously in this world, it's important that you know uh, that the uh, name was Rhodes. Yeah, to begin yeah, with. And, the, yeah. The, and the wealth is kind of accruing to the the female line, right? And mm-hmm. so that so that this kind of uh, the illness of um, and you know the 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 illness of of Cece is very important, and I, I think I mean you know obviously there's no there's no um, you know, 
in Downton Abbey, it's very strictly patrilineal. I mean, the whole the whole crux of of the the, the initiating um, info is that uh, the, the the premise of Downton Abbey is that there is no male heir, direct male heir, um, in in um, uh, no son of this. Um, what is he? He's a earl. Uh, Earl he? of Grantham. Yes, I think. Is that so. right? I think so. Um, Lord. Lord um, yeah. And and there is no there is there is no direct. He has three daughters. Um, and there is. I mean, we won't even get into. There is a very set of very complicated aspects of of, of British inheritance law. Um, and so there is this the the de jure setup that necessitates fi- the next male heir, who is this you know gasp Distant lo- lawyer cousin lawyer. Uh, yeah. uh, um, you know, very, very much part of this new order. Um, but he very easily gets assimilated into this world in the same way that Dan Humphrey gets, um, gets, gets pulled in. Right. Um, and, but I think that, you know, in terms of just thinking about the, st- the structures and the, and the parallels, I mean that, you know, Maggie Smith, the Dowager Countess is still kind of the de facto She's political the de facto head political head. And, and, and it actually reminds me a lot of the CeCe Rhodes character. Yes, um, very much so. Um, yeah, but so I mean, so to, I mean, I was just sort of setting up, you know, why the why you love inheritance plotlines. Yeah, so that is the other inheritance plotline. So I mean, tell me what is at play from like a legal standpoint, or what's interesting potentially about the 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 um, the fact that 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 uh, Chivy is all up in CC's deathbed. Well, I just think it's interesting from the <coughs> perspective, of- <laughs> and I, just as I am all up in your deathbed. <coughs> <laughs> um, you all your monies. <laughs> all right. I just, uh, you know, they have this. Are, just... we, are we farting now, too? That... Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I just, I, you know, I'm, I'm not really going to get too deep into it. Just my thirst. My first thought was whether it would be an undue influence claim. <laughs> so, so unpack that a little bit, please. Um... So I, you know, often what, you know, there there is technically a legal remedy in place for when someone kind of manipulate or kind of through fraudulent or deceitful means uh, influences a, a dying, a testator, you know, uh, a potential testator. Testator. Yes. Uh, to <laughs> change their will in their favor. <coughs> and what will happen <coughs> is that the will beneficiaries who didn't do so well in the will will challenge, will challenge that gift. Um, and say that it was a result of undue influence, and there's kind of a there's kind of a big burden that you have to show, generally because I think um, Will's Law wants to respect the wishes of the testator and tries to so long as they kind of have capacity. So it's a pretty like a pretty hard test. It's to a kind hard of show, test uh, because they don't really they don't really want to mess with the testator's intent, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that person's mm-hmm. dead and. Kind of so long as right, they had the things you can't ask them, right? Talk about like right. informa- private information problems. Exactly. Like. So long as they 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 appeared to have capacity, and they kind of went through the, you know, there's a lot of sort of uh, I guess like evidentiary concerns, right? In mm. Will's law, mm. so sort of as long as it sort of passes those tests as well, I don't think they really want to mess with mm. over undoing wills and mm. Um, mm. changing mm. gifts. Mm. But so it's kind of a hard test to meet. Yeah. And it, I think you sort of like the threshold is it has to be the kind of influence that I think they use the phrase sometimes that you you overcame the will of a testator. But I think what they're what they're getting at is you know 
was it like so did they really have capacity in some sense or was their capacity kind of affected because of this person influencing them unduly or so I you know it just made me wonder you know I'd like I mean we don't know a lot right now we don't know anything about a I think it's very like fact specific and Mm -hmm. since this was the cliffhanger. We yeah. obviously know nothing about why Cece is dying or her mental state. But it's just curious to me. Like, yeah. I wonder, you know, is she in a compromised position? You know, what – and, I, you know, the fact Charlie is is pretending to be related, I do think is – I think it's deceitful to a degree that is that, that I think sort of undermines the decision to give her money. Well, and speaking of undermining the decision to give her money or just undermining things in general, uh, this podcast was actually undermined by our own technical capabilities. Um, So you, the listeners, are actually hearing this all in one fell swoop, and and this sentence is coming right after the last sentence that Cognac said uh, about uh, about Cece. uh, uh, CC being unduly influenced. Yes, right. Yes, exactly. He's talking about Will's law and, in a kind of half-ass, off-the-cuff yes, way. Yes, and and part of why I'm struggling to recall the details of what Cognac was talking about is that in fact uh, we recorded that uh, that statement in the entire podcast uh, one week ago, and you might ask, well, why am I only hearing this now, one one week later? And uh, the answer is, as much as I was sarcastically saying uh, how much um, we we need Matt, uh, we actually need him quite a lot because we were actually unable to uh, adequately uh, record a podcast that could be put up um, and, and had um, not one but two non-trivial uh, technical problems, um, one of which was um, that uh, the, the podcast – recorded at too I, I believe too slow a speed so we both <laughs> sounded like we were uh, anonymized like one of those um oh and then I raped her yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. We, we were in America's the dark most wanted like secret like anonymous rapist right um, we were in we were being interviewed about uh our former or we were being interviewed by 2020 or Dateline about our sex dungeon about our sex dungeon and did want to remain anonymous. Yeah, yeah, but we're we're, we're anonymous no longer. <laughs> uh, um, and uh, so that that happened, and Matt managed to fix that. But after he fixed that, he sent me an email and says, "Hey, did you know that it uh, just ends abruptly?" And I said, "No, I, I did not oh, know no, such a thing. Did not know that." Um, and in fact, um, we thought it had ended so. We well. thought it had ended, and <laughs> then he said, "Well, just you know, record an ending, get it back <clears> to me." Um, and that was that was. Sunday. That was that was good six days ago. Um, life life happened, and in the meantime, another Gossip Girl episode has aired. In fact, um, really, actually rendering our um, detailed analysis of the the trust and estates issues um, somewhat somewhat moot, or at least updating them. And so, I think that in addition to putting uh, providing the end to the podcast that is that is not there, uh, we thought we'd also add a little bit of supplement supplement. Um, bringing in some of uh, what uh, was revealed in this episode, in which Cece dies. 
Um, and so that that's what happens at News the flash. end. Newsflash. Newsflash. Cece dies. Just like Omar. Um, and I'm going to make a t-shirt. Yeah, there is a t-shirt. There is an Omar Dies t-shirt. Well, but I'm saying I'm going to make a Cece Dies t-shirt. Yeah. That's not like a spoiler. I, think, I don't think people I like think enjoy it would, I think it would definitely ruin Gossip Girl for a lot of people if well, they then, knew that Cece died. I'm, I'm in. I'm I mean, in. Cece is the matriarch figure who makes everyone's life hell and who all the daughters resent. The grown women daughters, the it's Rhodes true. daughters. It's so true. I, I might not have stuck it out. I, I can't believe um, you don't feel that way about Cece. So, so tell me, I mean, what's what what seems different? I mean, it seems like your your desire or your hope for a intricate um, a, an intricate inheritance plot doesn't seem to be entirely bored out. At least not not yet. Sur- not surrounding um, Charlie. Or, not surrounding or, or Charlie. Chivy. Chivy. You're right. Um, in that uh it's it's actually again they they gossip girled it pretty well um the is that a term of art oh yes it is it is a it distinct is, term of, okay. as, as of of um also known as i killed a guy i killed a yeah. guy yeah um, they definitely i killed a guy this plot line really um, hard because it's like oh it was no. so boring like it's not like uh Chivy is sticking around because she has some scheming um but in fact it's because she like really like love cc or it's like it's like she feels like it's like oh i know i promised i promised that i i would stay with her and then like that like promise to cc is is sacred but like general <laughs> honesty is not an issue is not an issue um, no i guess you know again um it's it's like if you uh you know it, even if it's a lie, you fight on that lie, right? Um, and uh, like in, in uh, Slim Charles says in, in Wire season three, um, and, and I believe it's the episode that Stringer Bell dies in, um, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. Stringer Bell dies. Stringer Bell dies. That's a t-shirt. That's a t-shirt. Um, yeah, so I think that 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 you know she just is like fighting on her lie, but it, like it's it's not really that interesting. It's not making her more. Um, more more sympathetic. So how do you feel? Do you feel especially with that acting disappointed? I feel just- very disappointed. Yeah. I really wanted something more interesting than this. It seems based off of the preview it seems like the fun inheritance plot line is yet to come. It's going to involve Billy Baldwin it seems. She has the will. Cuz he has a will. So that's right. Good. It's always so good to have good. him around. Always good to have Mr. Vanderwoodson around. Yeah. yeah. Um who tried to poison Cece, etc. Uh, yeah, no, I was disappointed. I, I don't care about whether or not Charlie is sympathetic. I mean, who really gives a shit if Charlie is sympathetic or has emotions? I don't care. And it's not like the actress will convey them well. I mean, I, I don't know the actress's name, but <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's the school of Serena acting. Well, do, do more, do more, do more of that. <laughs> but I just, I've never had a family. <sighs> Uh, it's, it's like the constipated Serena acting. It's so bad. She's so bad, and you know. So who cares? Who I cares promised, if a bad I actor promised, has emotions? I promised her. I was promised her I was gonna stay. I promised it. I never. I never had a family. Uh, yeah. No. So that that was. I mean, there's not really actually a lot of a coda to put on that. Like we don't. We, we don't get to. I thought. You know what we thought when we recorded this a week ago is that then you know. Now this time now um, we we be then really digging in with our I mean we 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 pulled out your trust and estates uh, <coughs> case books as you see in the week that the uh, mm-hmm. the the, the uh, 
consumption has not gotten any better. It's gotten worse. It's gotten worse. It's gotten, <laughs> it's gotten it's, worse. It's, 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 it's starting to bring up the arterial blood, which is a real the death warrant. Uh, oh, you know it's bad. You know it's bad. So yeah, but we we got out uh, the case law books. Uh, getting ready to Yeah, really, I was ready to study oh, up. Really study up. To reread up. all those really. undue influence yeah. cases. No, we, we had this just amazing episode planned. But just, you know, just in the way that our ability to actually record a podcast gets in the way, so does Gossip Girl. So does Gossip Girl. So there's not Girl. a lot to do. And, and this, is, this is actually tough. I mean, this is actually a really kind of really not bittersweet episode, but it, like, you know, as Matt and I've discussed a lot, that – the the detail work on Gossip Girl, and we were talking about this um, as well um, earlier in in this conversation a week ago. Um, that that the the detail is what really redeems Gossip Girl, and, and the kind of reference um, on point reference to things in New York. And I think that the other kind of um, disappointing uh, and shitty thing about this episode is the way in which the Upright Citizens Brigade is invoked, uh, oh. and it's it's one of the most I think totally off, off um, references we have ever seen in a Gossip Girl episode. Yeah, because it was like, so off. Real, real uh, Charlie Rhodes, uh, Lola is performing in a a dramatic staged reading of um, of of Inside, that's supposed to be taking place at at the Upright Citizen Brigade Theater, which is the I mean the the premier improv um, comedy theater um, in 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 New York, um, and is is you know very much deeply rooted in the Chicago style um, long form improv um, tradition um, of, of of Del Close and others. Um, and they they this is a a very odd case of Gossip Girl like cashing on a brand name. But actually, and it's, it's like it's not just like a a, a reference. But really, you know, sidestepping. You say they say don't say upright citizens brigade or do they? And the, I think the first time they say it, and then they have a fake logo that they just says UCB B. comedy, right? Um, and, right. And, and and it's 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 kind of a very similar. Um, it's similar layout. looking, but it's not the same. No, and and I think that I mean it's especially striking that at, at one point Blair steps in. Um, to the to the stage reading, and then runs out when she realizes she loves Dan, and the um, you know, and the and the actress, um, the other actress says that's not, you, that's not your line, um, or she you know, Blair starts like talking to herself and is like that's not your line, and so I mean the most benevolent interpretation is that it's kind of knowing that like the whole point of improv is that it's made up on the spot. <laughs> um, and right. no one at an improv theater, um, you know, short of the sketch performers, but the, in a main performance would uh, would would do that. Right? Really, and, no actor well, should be like totally that. unable to improvise. That's the whole point of improvisation. Yeah, really, or like at least it's like part of the point is that an actor might forget their lines. And, yeah. Well, needs to be able to carry on. Well, and the other point is, you know, that the what the, what they're doing is sitting and just kind of doing a lightly staged reading of the book, which, you know, the part the other part of of improv as uh, in the style imagined by by Del Close is, and I, I believe that we were talking about this earlier in this conversation uh, as well, but I'm not really sure. Um, it happened a week. It ago. happened a week ago. Um, is that uh, that 
you know, this this having um, actors interact, um, you know, in an unscripted and spontaneous way, you know, you you allow theme and emotion to emerge um, organically, and you know, standing and reading a um, a a book is pretty much the exact opposite of um, creating scenes uh, and 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 long form structures uh, in in these, in these organic and experimental ways. And it's not a sketch, so I don't I don't know. Maybe this is I just don't see this being the type of thing that would happen at UCB. Maybe maybe it does. Maybe I'm just very out of touch with what happens at UCB, but. Just and in general, for all the location shooting that goes on in Gossip Girl, it's very disappointing to see like a a, a theater, well, a, also- a space that's that's obviously not the UCB theater, obviously not in the UCB neighborhood. Yeah, well, that's right. It's not. It's not. Um, it's it's not like uh the the exterior shot is not outside the Gristidi yeah, supermarket the Gristidi. in Chelsea. <laughs> Um and uh, I was and, gonna say Grimaldi's, but that's a pizza place. <laughs> uh, and also, isn't that also the uh, the, the royal family? The Blair, Blair, why why are you at my supermarket? Why are you in the produce aisle, Blair? Blair, the produce is from Commoners, Blair. Our prenuptial agreement says you cannot eat produce for a year, and that you will hate it. Blair, you cannot shop at Whole Foods. Um, and. It's really loud siren. Um, so I, I, yeah, and I think that right. So the interior, like the inside of uh, Upright Citizen Brigade, is massive. It, well, in the, re- the real one is like it's like the tiniest, shittiest theater. It's you've the ever tiniest, seen. shittiest and theater the, the real with one shitty is, little is, chairs. Is massive, and the ex- and the exterior is on Rivington Street um, in the in the Lower East Side. Um, and so even the East Side, new East Side outpost of Upright Citizen Brigade is. Further up, I believe. I don't believe it's on Rivington Street. Right. Um, so that's. I mean, and maybe there are like. You know, my sense is that Gossip Girl is generally pretty accurate in its locations. I mean, they shoot the Empire Hotel at the Empire. Yeah, Hotel. they, they it's not do. Like, it's the Empire Hotel, and it's like they're standing outside the you know the Thompson Hotel. Right. Um, no, they are shooting the Empire Hotel. Uh, so it was disappointing to see such a sort of disconnect between yeah. the de- in the details here, which I think is really the heart of what makes the show so good. Yeah, yeah. So, but I think that I mean, and again, I you know, I, I were not to give up a hope. I think we'll be, um, you know, as the preview indicates, I think we'll be kicking in with a fair amount of of drama over these next uh, next few episodes. So I think that um, what we'll be doing is, even though this is just a a brief um, a brief addendum. Um, I think this will tide us over um, the next one or two Gossip Girls. And so um, this coming week, um, Matt and I will be back in with a, with a Friday Night Lights. And then in two weeks, um, we'll, be, we'll, we'll, we'll jump back into Gossip Girl. And, and hopefully um, we'll, we'll actually see the further development of the Inheritance uh, plot line um, and how that intersects with our other live plot lines, with the, the real Charlie Rhodes and with the the Dan, the the Dan Blair love, but I think that there's this is much more of a, a treading water episode. And this it was is a down a down point. Um, so we're we're happy to you know it's it's um you know it's it's just as easy to to put a, to, a cap on this episode, um in which we are still missing Matt. Um and, and you know in some ways it was actually very convenient the fact that we we fucked up our recording is that Matt actually once again was too busy to make time to record this podcast. 
Um, and so the fact that we we had actually fucked up and not not been able to um, you know release a podcast um, again covered for him very very conveniently. It did. Um, yeah, this was a treading water episode. I, let me just say this: I was as invested in this episode. Frankly, I spent most of the episode reading recipes for different cookies and desserts. But when I was intently watching, I was about as invested in this episode as the entire Rhodes family was in Cece dying yeah. unexpectedly. Here, your fucking grandmother is dying, and you had no idea it was happening. Well, wailing in, in sorrow is, is so lower middle it's class. It's so lower middle class. Or, or up, that's for lawyers and eye bankers, not for roads. Yeah, yeah. It's not uh, for the Upper East Side. Uh, that, that's for like yeah, start. Uh, it, yeah. it was it was really weird. It was it was it's like they only had one take or something, and and they just are, and I, none of them know how to cry. It was like uncomfortable. Well, yeah, it's, it's not even like they're not even really trying to look sad. They're not. No, they weren't even trying to be sad. Like I mean, we all know, Cece was boring and incidental to the show. I mean, on the other hand, I mean it could be like. Uh, like a statement on like, well, they they really hate her, and they like there is no real family closeness. Um, it is just this like commercial transaction in the way that you know, as Louis' mom says, that wedding is is a business move. Like so is death. It's just like all it's like, all now, right. Now, like now we just have to deal with this like um, you know secession battle. I mean, I remember like was Lily really sad when Bart Bass died? I don't. I don't think, think she so. was. Like, she wasn't. I don't think she was that sad. Ch- but Chuck was. Chuck was sad. Yeah. Chuck was sad. But Chuck more even because he just had so much disapproval and he had father no, and he bonding has, he issues. Has the deepest of feelings. He is the deepest. He's always the deepest and darkest of feelings. Yeah, so I was surprised that Chuck, I mean, that, that would have been awesome. It's like everyone's <laughs> there not really being sad enough. And then Chuck kind of like. Like just in storms brooding. in, hammered, and like it's like I'm Chuck Bass. Cece's dead. Exactly. Cece meant so much to me. Bah, Chuck Bass. No, they weren't even trying to be sad. It was really bizarre. Maybe that's what that was the point. Is that there's like an irony here? The whole plot line was a real versus fake family, and really, you know, they're uh, all sort of incapable of any sort of like yeah, but, but uh, emotion and connection to one another anyway. Right, but that that actually like um, that 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 Chivy in in playing the role of of Charlie Rhodes. Um, actually access some, like, the... She was the one who was acting sad, right? Right, she uh, was the only right. And so, and, 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 and because she was acting sad, she felt the obligation of being there when she died and being with her. Um, and right. And no one else is, like, actually playing that role. So there's this disconnect um, between kind of the role that you're supposed supposed to play and the actual role you have is um, is, is an interesting tension. There we go. We 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 dug we 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 we, we, we dug deep. We, we, we dug, dug deep. deep. We did that for you, listeners. Um, so so d- dig deep for us. I think we'll we'll call we'll call it here. Um, this is actually is a uh, you know the original episode was already long and uh, with this uh, extra addendum, um, it's it's a a super episode to to tide you over. So don't don't. Well, I, I guess I'm telling you to not um, use it all at once. But you know this is after your it, it, this is in the waning moment. So. If you've gotten here, you obviously um, did not discipline yourself. You used yourself. it all your, you at used, once. You used it all at once. So that was that was a mistake. You're going to feel sick. You're going to feel sick. You're going to really regret this in the in the morning. Um, and um, but uh, if you if you regret it, let us know. Um, you know, hit us uh, on on Twitter at t 
TFT podcast or and um, give uh, Cognac a follow uh, at like Cognac um, and and you'll get day old day old gossip girl tweets as well as um, occasional um, <laughs> retweets of feminist news <laughs> um, I, I believe is what's on the uh, on the, the Cognac Twitter uh, send us an email at TFT podcast at overthinking.com it was called 20 fat jog one and as always we'll be talking about inheritance plot lines we'll be talking about all of this the other things that we talked about last week <laughs> and most of all we'll be talking about these, these fucking, fucking teenagers, teenagers.